folks, welcome back to the Lifting with Lauren podcast. I am fairly certain this is episode 9, but this week has been completely insane, so I cannot guarantee that my numbers are actually correct. So we're going to go ahead and assume that this is episode 9, and if it's confusing because I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, so I don't have a ton of time, but I'm going to do, I have a shoulder workout I'm going to do real quick, and I'm going to talk about bodybuilding. So... Uh, I don't really talk about bodybuilding on my social media pages. Um, I don't work with any bodybuilders, uh, none of that stuff. And I actually never have, oh no, I actually, I've trained one person who was in the bodybuilding um, sport or trying to get into the bodybuilding sport that I can remember. Um, so the reason I'm talking about it is because the whole reason that I even started in fitness was partially because of bodybuilding. So. Granted, when I was in high school, I was an athlete and I was into lifting weights and all that kind of stuff um, because I had classes where we lifted weights and I thought it was cool to be strong. When I was a little kid, I thought it was cool to be strong. I thought it was cool if I was bigger than all the boys uh, and stronger than all the boys. So um, I've always liked that kind of thing. Uh, so I've always been into strength, but I never really thought as... I never really thought as much about the aesthetics of um, lifting weights, and it wasn't until I got out of high school and I was, I was, I think I had just started college, and the guy that I was dating at the time had his interests flipped around all over the place, but he ended up settling on bodybuilding for a while. So he got really into bodybuilding, and um, he was a skinny guy, and he was trying to, you know bulk up, get bigger, all that kind of stuff. And then, but this is like, uh, 2011, 2012. So, um, I took interest in what he took interest in, like a good girlfriend, I guess, typically does. And, um, you know, started trying to help him out. And, and I, it was interesting because he did a lot of research on, um, bodybuilding topics and I would listen and we would talk and then, um, you know, I started getting more interested in it. So I started to read stuff. And I think the first time but what really got me into lifting consistently again was I saw, it was a magazine cover, and I think it was by Metrix, the uh, RX, the, um, the uh, supplement company. I think it was their magazine. And there was a picture of Nicole Negroni on the front. Nicole Negroni was the second ever Miss Bikini Olympia. I think the first one was Sonia Gonzalez. And I saw this picture of this woman who was only a few years older than I was, and she just looked healthy and like not like ultra skinny but she was slim she was slightly muscular wasn't over the top and I was just in shock and awe like oh my gosh she looks amazing and she lifts weights because back then I thought the same thing that a lot of women thought that you know women who get into bodybuilding and who are really serious always turn out bulky I thought that that was exactly how that was going to go so I didn't realize that you know and, and I didn't, it's not that I really minded that either. I didn't mind the idea of being bulky. I really didn't because I've always been a skinny person. It's just that I didn't really get into it because I just didn't really, that didn't appeal to me that much. I just didn't care. So when I saw that you could lift weights and be strong and like look really, really good, I was like, oh, you know what? I think I kind of want to do this. So soon after that is when I started. And I started on bodybuilding.com where all the good lifters start. Oh, I'm doing shoulder presses here. Anyway, and um, I then discovered Jamie Eason, who to this day is just 
top-notch physique. Jamie Eason is just incredible. Um, so those are the two women that I started with following, and, I, and then I started to learn more about you know different aspects of different um, divisions within bodybuilding, um, different fitness people who were also in the bodybuilding community. And mind you that bodybuilding is essentially an aesthetic sport. It's, it's covering all different types of bodybuilding divisions. So you have like the NPC and the IFBB. NPC, I don't remember what everything stands for. IFBB is International Federation of Bodybuilding. And then the, that's the professional level. And then the, the amateur level of the IFBB is the NPC. Um, so you have um, lots of different divisions within those. And, and what the IFBB and NPC look at is much different than maybe what the WBFF looks at. So the WBFF used to be World Bodybuilding and Fitness Federation. They have completely changed, and now it's like beauty and fashion or whatever. Like It's still bodybuilding, but they do a lot more like clothing-related stuff. And it's funny because the WBFF, a lot of their competitors are like super ripped, really large musculature, I mean, like, the women are, are jacked, but they're really pretty, and, like, they're feminine, as opposed to the IFBB has a lot more divisions where you have, like, bikini, whenever I started, or whenever I started lifting, bikini was, like, like the way that I kind of look now, if I was, like, slightly, like, had a slightly lower percentage of body fat and maybe, like, bigger glutes, I would do okay in that division. Um, now it's not like that at all, but that was like the, the beginner division. And then you had, um, physique for men, which came out around that time. And that was kind of the, the bikini equivalent for men. And then there was, um, there was, uh, what was it? F uh, hold on. I'm trying to get the division straight in my head. Fitness for women, I think was where they have to do like a gymnastics routine and they have to pose. And then, God, what is the... There's bikini, and then there's one that, like, that all the more muscular women were in. Figure. That's what it is. Figure. Um, a lot of women do figure, and that one's a slightly more muscular. But these women do have to get pretty pretty jacked for that one. So there's there was bikini, there was figure, there was fitness, and then there was um, regular bodybuilding for women, which I don't know what they called that at the time. Um, I think it was, maybe it was just general bodybuilding. So that was... Um, those were like the jacked women, the ones that actually are on steroids and are on performance enhancing drugs. You don't have to, I mean, you can get offended by that if you want to, but they literally are in order to get that big. And to be honest, a lot of the women on figure ended up getting on PEDs as well. Um, so that was kind of like, that's how the disparity between divisions looks, it looks like. Um, usually in the women's division, the higher up you go, the more prevalence of PEDs you get. And honestly, in the guys' divisions too, now there's more divisions in women, like now they have physique, which is like somewhere between figure and, um, and regular bodybuilding. I can't remember what the name of that is called. And that's like, Dalen Bailey, I think was the first ever physique Olympia, which is just, it's perfectly fitting because she's incredible. Um, and now they have another version, another division where women who have bigger legs, like uh, it's more fit for like South American women or women who are like into powerlifting, they got big legs or like a slimmer upper body, they added that one in. And then guys have, I think, and that's, the division's called wellness. Now the guys in the IFBB have like, um, where's the first one? Let's see what they do next. Um, they have their physique, which is like the their, their bikini counterpart. 
They've got, um, they don't have fitness. They have like classic bodybuilding. I don't know if that's in the IFPB. They have a classic division where it's like more similar to what the guys looked like in the 70s and 80s. Um, and they have your regular general uh, division where the guys are like definitely on loads and loads of steroids where they're like super jacked. Um, so they have lots of different divisions. So um, the first thing to know about bodybuilding is that not every division is the same. That's kind of what all that was about. Um, the second thing is, um, by the way, I'm not going to get into like the specifics of like strength training for bodybuilding, but I was, I want, the whole point of this is just to kind of cover some general stuff that I know about bodybuilding because I was in that community for a little bit. Um, so the first thing is that there's different types of divisions. The second thing to note is that these people have to get pretty muscular, um, in order to diet down and look pretty good on stage. Now, how muscular you have to get is different depending on division. So in like the bikini division, how it used to be is you really didn't have to have that much muscle. You had to have enough to look like you were fit. And then from there, um, you just diet it down. And once you diet down and you like get your tan on and all that kind of stuff, you actually look a lot more muscular than you really are. So now bikini division is totally different. So this is the entry level division for women. I'm talking about the women's ones because those are the ones I pay attention to the most. The women's entry level is like way harder now because the the, the women who are now competing at the at the inter, at the um the uh, amateur level are are more cut and more jacked than the winners of Miss Bikini Olympia used to look like. So obviously every sport takes it to an extreme. Whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I don't really know. But that's that's what happened is it became much more competitive. So these women are a lot bigger now. Um, in some cases, they are on PEDs. Not in every case, but it, it, sometimes if they're on a team, that's what happens. Yeah, I, I, I saw all kinds of crazy stuff when I would read all these articles and whatnot. Um, the main thing about bodybuilding is, is two aspects. The first is you have to strength train to gain mass. You have to eat well enough to gain mass. And that's what you should be spending the majority of your time on throughout the year when you're not competing. The second thing that you have to know, which is the, which is the more nuanced part, hold on, I gotta do some lateral raises. Ouch. Five. Okay. Um, is that you have to diet down for that show in order to be physically, so, so that's the whole, the whole premise here is like, I can have lots of muscle, but if I have too much fat on my body, they can't really see that. So the whole point of bodybuilding is to diet down to, to look like dialed in is the one of the terms that they use and more cut so that they can see your musculature, your body balance, all that kind of stuff. So you have to be able to diet down. So diets get complicated because whenever you start dieting, your body starts attacking your protein stores. So you have to take in enough protein. I talked about this on some of the previous episodes with general, just general weight loss. You want to take in more protein um, in order to keep your, in order to spare your muscles. That, that's that's an extreme issue with bodybuilding because they're dieting to extreme levels and they also have to maintain their muscle mass. Interesting note about like how they di how low they diet down. In general, most women are walking around like an average fit female is probably walking around like 25% body fat. So I am probably about 24 to 26% body fat. Um, women who think that they're getting down in single digits, you're wrong. Because if you are in single digits, you're probably dead. 
women always carry more body fat percentage. Remember, percentage of your entire mass. So my mass is very small. I weigh about 107 pounds. The amount of pounds of fat on my body, the percentage, the ratio is going to be higher than a man of my same size. That's just how women's bodies are, are set up. And the reason that they're like that is because you have to have enough fat on your body in order to be able to um, support hormone function. So when women diet down, you're usually dieting down. Like if you're, if you're bikini level, you're probably dieting down to about like 17% body fat, maybe 15. If you're in figure, you're dieting down lower than that, where it's like maybe 13. If you're in the higher levels where you're like really on some steroids or other kind of drugs and you're dieting down, you might be hitting as low as like 12 or 11%, but you're never gonna hit down into those single digit numbers. I've never heard of a single instance where a woman was able to do that and survive. <laughs> so it doesn't happen. Um, men, on the other hand, might start off at like, I don't know, they might start off at a higher body fat percentage. Maybe they're starting off at 25%, but guys can diet down to where they're like 9% body fat. Now, granted, just keep in mind, you put two people with the same body fat percentage, one man, one woman, not the same body fat percentage, you put people who look similar next to each other, they look like they have lost similar amounts of fat, their, their body is similar, similar looking in cut, and the woman will still be higher in body fat. It's just a numbers thing, so don't freak out about that. Um, but it's not really as important whenever someone's dieting down for a bodybuilding show. They don't, I don't think most people would really keep track as much of the actual numbers. Instead, they would focus on like what they look like. So. Bodybuilding is complicated because whenever you're going through that dieting phase, you have to make sure you give yourself enough time to diet down. You also have to give yourself enough wiggle room. You have to understand that when you're dieting down, as you start losing mass, I do bob red rose here. When you start losing mass, um, your basal metabolic rate actually adjusts. So this is kind of your metabolic adaptation kind of stuff I've talked about before. Your, your, um, your basal metabolic rate is going to adjust because you don't have as much mass on your body, hence you don't eat as many calories, hence it takes even fewer calories in order to be able to continue to lose weight. So whenever you're dieting, that's a big problem people run into is you can't diet down on the same calories throughout your entire prep. You're going to have to actually cut back even more. It makes it really miserable for bodybuilders, um, and that's why reverse diets are so popular is because when you come out of body, whenever you come out of a bodybuilding show, if you can gradually increase your metabolism really, really high and get to where you can eat a crap ton of calories all the time, then when you go to diet back down again, it makes it a lot easier. So a um, couple of little things I learned whenever I was helping my, um, my, my ooh, sorry, this is like in the way here, got a notification. Um, one of the things that, uh, some of the things that I learned when I was helping my ex prepare for bodybuilding shows is like, um, some people will try to like cycle their carbs and stuff. They'll try to like deplete themselves a lot and then they'll eat a bunch of carbs right before their show so that they look kind of fluffy, like bulky, but not fat. Um, problem with carbohydrates, talked about this in the last one, is that every time you eat carbohydrates and you, your body stores it, it's storing water as well. So you have to time that correctly and that can be very difficult if you're an amateur. The next thing is that people will try to cut water whenever they are um, preparing for a show. And I've heard conflicting stuff on this. Wait a second. Can we... So I have actually, um, I know that the common practice is for people to cut water down before their show um, in order to, so that their body's not holding as much water. But what's really strange is that I've heard some professional coaches who said, no, actually, 
you shouldn't cut back on water. You should actually drink more water because your body will release hormones because, because it knows it's taking in more water. It will cause you to flush water more readily so you won't be holding as much water. That was the last thing that I heard, but the last time that I actually read anything about it was probably like 2014. So maybe research has shown otherwise. But that's another thing to consider is like how, how your water intake is looking. Um, so those are some manipulation factors that come in before a show. Um, you know, you have to keep your protein up while you're dieting. You got to watch your carb and water intake prior to and get with a coach that helps. Um, bodybuilding also requires you to spend a lot of money because you have to pay to be part of a federation. You have to pay for your suit, which now is upwards of like $500 if you're a woman, which is ridiculous. Literally my wedding dress didn't cost that much money. <laughs> um, you have to get a tan or like you might have to like lay in tanning bed or you have to get a spray tan. You have to get a professional makeup artist to make you look like a crazy clown person because you're going to be on stage and there's lots of lights. You have to get your hair, hair done. You have to have your jewelry and your shoes and like for some women that's really glamorous and nice and whatever obviously guys don't have to wear high heels but um there is a lot of money that goes into all of that kind of stuff the biggest thing i kind of want to touch on real quick because i don't have a ton of time um the biggest issue that you're gonna that you run into whenever you're doing bodybuilding is once the show is done so if you're really interested in doing a bodybuilding show make sure you know like going into it like psych yourself up like okay my body is fixing to get really slim and I'm going to look really good, but I have to mentally prepare for what's going to happen to me after that show. Because once that show is finished, unless you're immediately going into another show, your body, is, you're going to start gaining weight again. So a couple things. If you're, if you are competing, it is always recommended that you try to stack your shows like as close together as you can and maybe don't do more than like two or three. And then you have to give your body a break because if you try to do it chronically or like do a show in the fall, and a show in the spring, I mean, you're looking at 16 week preps in some cases, that's four months. Prepping for four months and then only giving yourself a two month break, that's extremely bad for your metabolism. Some people get really screwed up. There's more and more women who are in the bodybuilding community who have what, what was considered metabolic damage. Essentially their hormones are jacked the hell up because they got down to such low body fat percentages, their body hasn't been able to recover. In some cases, it takes years. I don't mean to be the bearer of like all the scary news, but that's the kind of crap that happens when you're not extremely careful. And this happens in other types of athletes also, not just in um, aesthetic sports, but in performance sports too. Women especially have to be very careful because your body is is delicate, to be honest with you. We are, we are delicate. Our hormonal balances and like how our body responds to changes in weight and all that kind of stuff, it is very delicate. And that's why you see such a wide range of, like for example, PCOS can happen in so someone who's extremely thin could have PCOS and yet someone who's morbidly obese could have PCOS. And a lot of that's hormonal related. Like you can look totally different from somebody else and still have the same issues. All of that aside, women's bodies are very delicate. So whenever you start making those manipulations, you have to keep in mind, like you have to very gradually come out of it and you have to give yourself a break. I got like five minutes. Um, and a lot of women don't. And that's where there's a lot, and that, that's one of the reasons I stepped away and like never decided to compete. One of it was because there's a lot of dangers there. And I saw women who were in like super, the easy divisions, which is like bikini. This should, it should be almost effortless to be honest. Like it should have been. Um, to be able to compete and yet they were running themselves into the ground. They were ruining their hormones and, and their, their stress levels were through the roof. Their body was getting really messed up. They couldn't keep weight off. 
you know, they were rebounding from shows. There's this thing called rebound after a show. If you don't be careful, you've been dieting for so long and you've been depriving yourself from so long that after the show, you just go ham and you just eat everything. People can gain up to 10 pounds in a day and God only knows if they're able to get that off within a week. Like it can get kind of scary. I'm throwing out all the bad stuff. So this is the reason that I stepped away. The other reason was that bodybuilding is, is like really, really sexualized. And back whenever I was um, looking at competing, there was a lot of political issues with Jim Mannion, one of the head guys of the IFBB, and like sexual stuff with the bikini women and like all this pornography type stuff. Like it got really, really nasty. And like even the poses that some of the women have to do, I just think are a little bit much. Like you can't look at a woman's butt a different way. It just it turned into something that I, I couldn't drive with. So that's why I decided against it. Even though I actually I had a suit, um, I had heels. I was actually prepared to start competing back in like 2013, 2014. I actually had intended to compete one of those years and I just couldn't bring myself to do it because of all the stuff that I was learning about the issues these people were dealing with when they were trying to compete and then also um, all the all the politics that I saw was in bodybuilding. I, we, deal, we deal with enough politics in karate, I didn't want to deal with it in bodybuilding too. So I guess this kind of turned into a like let's talk crap about bodybuilding for like 30 minutes um, and I don't mean to do that, it's just those were some, those were kind of my experiences. So these were not, not, not my experiences. These are the things that I learned that shaped my decision making. So that's kind of a lot of the cons of bodybuilding. So if you're interested in bodybuilding and you want to take part, make sure that you have someone coach you who actually has a pretty deep root in psychology. Same thing if you were like a competitive performance athlete, you would want to have a coach who was really good with your psychology like, or even have a sports psychologist that you're working with who would be able to push you to compete at a high level and they can help you handle it once you come down off of that high. Bodybuilding is no different. You need to have a team around you who are solid, who are good at coaching you through your bulking phases, through your diet, through your recovery, in planning out your shows and helping you prepare. You need someone who's knowledgeable. I cringe every time I see someone just pick somebody off the internet and just work with them because it's the cheapest person. If you're going to do this, you do have to invest a little bit, but you really should get someone who's grounded in science, who knows what they're doing, and who's going to make sure that you are healthy throughout the entire process because your well-being is more important than you winning a title or a, car, a pro card or whatever. But anyway, all right, so that's it for bodybuilding for today. If you have any more questions about bodybuilding, you're welcome to send me a message. Like I said, my knowledge is from about five or six years ago. That's how things were back then. I stepped away and I don't pay as close of attention to all that stuff anymore. So what's going on now might be totally different. It might be way better. It might be way worse. I don't actually know. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a great rest of your day and I'm going to do another episode later this week. Goodbye.